What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. And as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing the brand new Disney film, live action film even, The Little Mermaid. But before we get there, I am your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here again. First, he is the man that after finding out about mermaids from The Little Mermaid, decided to go on a really questionable fishing trip. That's why he missed last week's show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. Shh. It's our little secret. No one will ever know. Uh, that, but the 8122 uh, Production Studios smells a lot like fish. I mean, Diesel, can you back that up? It looks like it, someone sprayed jellyfish all over the wall. <laughs> it is definitely a tax write-off for next year. People. Ah, it was ropey. It was, it was a business trip. <laughs> it was definitely ropey. <laughs> and you already heard his voice, but he is the man who doesn't need an introduction, but yeah, has the longest introduction in all the podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang, and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend, rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Diesel. After this movie, I'm the man of the seven seas. <laughs> yes, you might be. King Triton, you are not. Oh. But I think that you could be his portly servant. Oh, no, I'm what King Triton fears. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, before we dive into anything else, how has been the week? Of course, Ron, you have uh, this is your week back. You were took a week off, uh, so you can go first. What have you been up to? Uh, it's been interesting, I'll say the least. I had a little bit of emergency last week. Sorry about all that, people. Um, other than that, it's been, you know, just work, uh, dealing with the BS there, which is stupid, but it happens. Um, actually, no game groups this week, so it's been mild. Uh, so I've just been doing stuff around the house and living that dream, you know. My niece came down from Sydney for the weekend, so we just yes. hung out. So that's about it. Right on, right on. Diesel, how's been the week? Well, quickly, I just want to get the everyone's clamor to know. Ron, out of five, what did you give Fast 10? Two. Two out of five. Okay. Uh, it, it's been a week over here. We, we've been working a lot. We're dealing with some shit at one of my jobs where it's like a massive, massive fuck up. Luckily, it had nothing to do with our department, so we're in the clear. But so what you're saying is for once, you aren't the one that caused the great financial... Uh, oh, there was no financial burden caused by me, but we are still <laughs> keeping our head down. Because I think everyone who even is not involved with us just needs to keep their head down right now because people are pissed. <laughs> I understand that. Um currently uh the other job's been pretty good uh, uh finished another big set got through seventeen thousand zendikar rising cards alphabetized them the other day so that was fun uh on my magic side i actually completed another legacy deck so reanimator is sleeved up and ready to go nice i love reanimator and uh that's been about it and we got a big sale coming up next week at dragon master games come by if you're local and get some cheap ass gaming shit Yes, and I should make the note before we go any further, if you hear the little wind in the background, that is the fan. The fan has returned because it is hot in the 8122 Production Studio, so I'm sorry if you guys can hear the fan, but I don't feel like dying today. 
<laughs> quite frankly. Well, uh, speaking of my week, I've had a decent week. I had four days off from work. I had a four-day weekend due to the holiday, so that was nice. Uh, I filled that with a lot of wrestling, which was, for the most part, good, and except for AEW, I'm looking at you. Uh, but if you want to hear all about that, 607TWS, the wrestling show, uh, there's two parts this week. There's a part one, part two, so lots of great wrestling content there for all you wrestling fans from me and Ken M from the ODPH. Uh, on top of that, I just kind of did stuff around the house, and, uh, you know, my mom fell in her hallway at work or at home, so oh, I no. had to, I had to deal with uh, taking, picking her up from the hospital and then making sure she's been fine, but she's okay. So outside of that, it's been it's just been... An interesting week. Of course, I got some bonus stuff out to you find the fine folks on Patreon. So we're getting that ball rolling. So it's been productive, and uh, I'm uh, recharged and ready to go. I say that now, but tomorrow morning when it's time to go to work, I'm going to be like, God damn, I don't want to get up. But I hope everybody out there had a great week, and I hope you have a great upcoming week. But before we can dive into the show and move any forward, we have to take care of some business and hit you with them opening shameless plugs. Of course, if you want to find out any information about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNPodcast.com. That's your one-stop shop for all things 3FN. The social media links are there. The Public link is there. The Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. First little $1 a month. You get to help out everything we do, plus you get a ton of bonus content. That's there as well. Also, while you're there, check out the links for 3FN Podcast, 607TWS, and friends of the show like the ODPH Podcast. You can listen to all those great shows right from 3FNPodcast.com. Also, while you're there, check out the musical directory featuring the bands who allow us to use their music so we don't get those dreaded DMCAs. Of course, we want to give a quick shout out to our good friend Shout at the Robots, who just this past week were at, or weekend were at Hershey Park, most of them, to see Blink 182. Yeah. I just want to point that out. <laughs> so, congratulations to you guys on finally seeing Blink 182. But their song, Fail Better, is the theme song for the 3FN podcast. So, go ahead and check that out and uh, support all the bands that are there in the musical directory on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least, let's uh, give a toss out to the sponsorship section. Our good friends over at Dubby Energy. W.GG, promo code 3FNPOD to save 10% off. Sci-Fi Horror Fest, August 25th and 26th in Vernon, New York. Make sure you visit SciFiHorrorFest.com for all information. If you're in the 607 you live locally and uh, you would like to put the pride back in your ride, go visit Rex to Rods Auto Detailing Diesel. Who? What number do they call for an appointment? 607-644-3389. And of course, last but not least, our most important, the number one sponsor of the 3FN Podcast, our good friends at Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. And thank you all for helping us bring the 3FN Podcast to you every week, commercial free. And once again, final reminder, 3FNPodcast.com. You know, I like to throw that in at the end because you got to. That's the one that drives it home. It that's does. where you go for all that information. It, it is the nail in the coffin. I, I mean, I could just keep it simple and just tell them just go there. But, you know, it's not I, as fun. And then we don't get to play Caribbean Mario. I like it. I had, uh, you know, Roberto, thank you for listening. I had to send him to the website to find out some information. So Sweet. It's always a good time. Go over the website and everything's there for you. Well... Now that we've taken care of the business, now that we've told you how our week's been, let's dive into what you guys want to hear, and that's the actual show. And you know how we like to kick this motherfucker off. Let's all go to the lobby. 
Welcome to Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. Got a pretty big box office weekend with a couple newbies uh, debuting on this list and coming in at number five, debuting on the list. Doing better than I thought I would and knowing that it would be a success, but the machine pulling in $4.9 million domestically. Ooh, that's kind of nice. low on a, on, a, on a holiday weekend, but still, it's on the list, especially yep. going up yep. against a blockbuster. Yep, and I, I didn't think it would do too high, but he's got his audience and I think they showed out for it, so that's good. For his eighth week on the list, with another $6.3 million, the Super Mario Brothers movie. That ain't dying. (laughs) (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 pulled in another $20 million for its fourth week. Wow, that's that's high for its fourth week, so congratulations to them. Damn. Especially when you compare it to this number two spot, which only pulled in $23 million for its second week, Fast 10. Yeah, family's drifting off, baby. (laughs) And then debuting hot number one. With $95.5 million domestic opening weekend, The Little Mermaid. That's right. And, you know, no surprise there. It's a holiday weekend and it's a family movie. Yeah. Perfect time for The Little Mermaid. I think Disney picked the best weekend for that to come out, period. Well, what do we got upcoming, Diesel? All right. Coming up this week on June 2nd, we have Simulant, The Boogeyman, and then Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I can tell you next week's 3FN Movie Club <laughs> review will be Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Although, me and Ron, if we're feeling saucy and go see Boogeyman, you might get a bonus over there on Patreon. Just uh, I'm not promising anything, but I'm just saying if we end up going to see the Boogeyman, I wouldn't be surprised if not me and him get together or just me or whatever to give you a bonus over on Patreon. And then coming out next week on June 9th, not much coming out. We have Mending the Line, but then the big movie, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. And that will be that week's 3FN <laughs> Movie Club review. So you got the next two weeks up there, Spider-Man and then Transformers. Good, good little back-to-back. Good, good with that. Back-to-back. We're, doing, we're going back-to-back. <laughs> we're going like fucking Drake over here, man. All right. Now that that business is taken care of, Diesel, it's time for that signature top three. All right. We're going back to this. Your top three favorite Disney princesses. I'm going classic Disney princesses. Not you can make a case for Leia Skywalker being a Disney princess because it's owned by Disney. The classic Disney princesses. So actual real Disney princesses. I got you. All right. So at my number three spot, we'll go with Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Got to kind of give her a shout out because I mean, as a man, as a beastly man, that means uh, she's definitely game. <laughs> uh, number two on this list, Sleeping Beauty. Leave in, read into that what you will. <laughs> And at the number one... Bill Cosby's favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And the number one spot. I'm going to have to go with probably my all-time favorite, and that would be Princess Jasmine from Aladdin. Ooh, nice. No, go ahead, Ron. Let's see, oh, I feel like I'm just copying you all the way down except for the middle one. Uh, obviously, Belon uh, for number three. Uh, number two is Mulan because she just kicked ass. And you just liked her when she was dressed as a man. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have questioned it. <laughs> and then uh, number one is Jasmine. I do want to point out, I had I, I might have agreed with you on Mulan more. However, I couldn't resist a joke. <laughs> Diesel. <laughs> All right, coming in at number three for me. We're actually going to go with not actual royalty, but a Disney princess in her own right, Pocahontas. Well, she was a Disney princess. Yeah, yep. there you go. Uh, number two, we are going with Belle. Okay. Yep. Belle, Beauty and the Beast, that was like perfect time frame for when I was still like, oh, I can watch Disney princesses movies and be okay with that. <laughs> and then number one, and this is a toss-up. 
we are actually going with Ariel, but I don't know if I like the redheaded uh, white girl or if I like Halle Bailey more. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go with Halle Bailey on this one. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. All right. Well, that's the top three. That's going to do it for Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. But you know, when we exit Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff, we jump right into... Welcome to... 3 Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That's right, it is now time for the 3FN Movie Club Review, and we've already said it a bunch of times, but it is the live-action Little Mermaid movie, and if you're new to the 3FN podcast and you're checking us out for the first time or one of the first times and you don't know how we do it, first of all, thank you for checking us out. But uh, as a reminder, here's how the 3FN Movie Club works. We first start off with spoiler-free material, so you have nothing to worry about. We will not spoil The Little Mermaid for you, although, let's be honest, it's a remake, so <laughs> there's not really too much to spoil, but we still will not spoil the movie for you. So we'll give you the, the stats, we'll give you the, the diesel synopsis, we will give you you know who was in the movie, who made the movie, and then finally a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation. We will then take our break. When we come back from the break, we will give you one final warning before ju- jumping into the spoiler full review so there's plenty of time uh for you guys to not hear anything that will ruin the movie if you don't want to ruin so just that i like to remind everybody every week with that being said diesel let's dive right into your uh spoiler free spoiler free synopsis because i believe man i got a story to tell desperate for some human dick (laughs) the daughter of the sea makes a deal with the sea devil to get her legs just so she can spread them <laughs> the little mermaid <laughs> oh wow listen folks that's why we love you uh, i will say this though you don't think you got wrong sea witch sea witch i was going with the deal with the devil to right i got you but still sea witch yeah, she was the devil <laughs> she was a sea devil she was a see you next tuesday just, just because you think that all women are the devil because you're just like bobby boucher's mama that doesn't mean it's true anyways now that uh we know that let's jump in some stats this movie it was released of course this past week may 26 2023 uh with a runtime of 135 minutes by the way that's almost an hour longer than the actual yeah. animated movie yes yeah. Uh, the budget for The Little Mermaid was $250 million. Uh, overall, domestically in the box office, counting the full weekend in preview so far, because uh, we're recording on Monday as always, $117.5 million domestically and a worldwide total of $185.8 million. Of course, it has not opened everywhere worldwide yet. I am in fully anticipating this movie to make its money back in full and then some by oh, next yeah. weekend. Oh, without uh, just throwing that out there. Now that uh, we've got that business out of the way, let's find out who made this movie. Who made this year? That's right. Uh, by the way, there was like, I'm not going to list them all, but there was like 11 producers on this film. Yeah. Uh, there's Disney production, but 11 producers, inclu- including Lin-Manuel Miranda, which I'm going to come back to him later. That's the only reason I'm bringing him up, because I think that he would have been better in a role. And we'll talk about that in the second half of the show. Just so I can give you a little tease for that, or second half of the review. First up, the director of this film was Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall's first major motion picture, Chicago in 2002. 
Okay. So not only does he know how to do musicals, he did Chicago. Uh, he also would direct Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides in 2011, and most recently before this, Mary Poppins Returns in 2018. Screenplay for this movie was written by David McGee. Uh, the first movie that he wrote, first credit for writing, you're going to be, this is going to drop you, Diesel, Finding Neverland in 2004. He, that was his very first screenplay. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, he would follow that by Life of Pi in 2012. Okay. He was the writer of Mary Poppins Returns in 2018, and most recently before Little Mermaid, A Man Called Otto in 2022. Nice. He's written some, yeah. Dude, he's written some <laughs> shit. I love A Man Named Otto. No, it was great, but think about <laughs> yeah. it. He's written some shit. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, David McGee. Uh, that brings us to the director of photography, and this one is kind of... This is a mixed bag, by the way. Again, kind of like last week. Dion Beebe is the director of photography. First film, Black Sorrow, 1989. Follows that with Chicago. You know, there was a lot of smaller stuff, but then Chicago in 2002. Yep. So everybody in this film worked on Chicago. Or, sorry, two out of three worked on Chicago. They all worked on Mary Poppins Returns. We'll get to that in a second. Collateral in 2004. Okay. <laughs> then it gets weird. Miami Vice, 2006. Okay. Land of the Lost in 2009. Okay. <laughs> Big shout out to you right here. Green Lantern in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow in 2014. Okay. Then Mary Poppins Returns, like I mentioned. And his most recent film, uh, you know, obviously not named The Little Mermaid, Gemini Man in 2019 with Will Smith. That was before Will Smith starts smacking motherfuckers. <laughs> Just want to point that out there. So I, I think we don't have to worry about it. Mixed bag. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a mixed bag. Um, definitely uses lights and stuff to fit the tone of the movie so does a great job makes sense yeah makes sense all right now that we found out who made it it's time to find out who starred in it the love of god will someone please punch me in the face so i can see some scars all right we're just going to go over the major ones and then i'm going to give a shout out to some other folks that were in the movie so first up the star of this movie Haley bailey playing ariel uh career started last holiday 2006 but she's most known and she's done a lot of other things including she sang the national anthem or sorry america the beautiful at wrestlemania 32 i want to say or 33 yeah. okay uh her most famous role though Gronish. She was on that show, 53 episodes from 2018 to 2022. I'm sure that that is going to be going up very soon after this movie. Yeah. Uh, Co-starring in this movie, Jonah Howard King playing Prince Eric. Uh, first movie, The Maiden in 2014. Uh, then he did a lot. He's done a lot of British stuff. Uh, his last film, probably previous, other than this movie, obviously, Safe Word in 2022. I always have to figure out how I'm going to say that. <laughs> Next on the list, Melissa McCarthy playing Ursula. By the way, Melissa McCarthy's first credited role, Go, in 1999. I didn't even remember that. Yeah, she was the cashier. Yeah, yeah, yep. I'd ask Ken about it. Yep. Uh, oh, she, wow. was, she was in Charlie's <laughs> Angels in 2000, and then she hit where she became famous for. And you know, we don't talk too much about TV, but of course, she was in the Gilmore Girls from 2000 to 2007, 153 episodes, and then went to Mike and Molly from 2010 yep. to 2016 for 127 episodes. So that's really where they became the, yeah. she became the Melissa McCarthy we know. Uh, following that, Bridesmaids in 2011, Identity Thief in 2013, yeah, The Heat fun. in 2013, Ghostbusters in 2016, and her most recent film, not named The Little Mermaid, Thor Love and Thunder in 2022. Oh, yeah. Do you remember what role she played in that movie? Is the trivia question. I know. Okay, oh, so, I don't. Okay, Ronald. Fake, uh, fake Hella. Yes, she was the actress of Hella in the little stage. Oh, that's right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that was her last film. All right. Next up, Javier Bardem, King T Triton. His first movie 
uh, there was like a not a telenoveva was the ages of Lulu in 1990. Uh, then he was, did a lot of more Spanish uh, like telenovelas. No, I'm saying it wrong for some reason because my I'm stuttering. I don't know why. Uh, he did Collateral 2004. Of course, the big role that he broke out in No Country for Old Men in 2007. <sighs> Eat, Pray, Love, one of Diesel's favorite movies in 2010. Skyfall, which I really loved him in in 2012. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales in 2017. He was in the uh, horror movie extraordinaire for some people, Mother in 2017. He was in Dune in 2021. And his most recent film, not named The Little Mermaid, Lyle Lyle Crocodile yep. in 2022. He's making the, fil uh, the family film round. Uh, those were your major stars of The Little Mermaid. Uh, but we have some people we want to give quick shout-outs to because there's plenty of them. And I'm going to give a shout-out, first of all, to the man who played uh, played the voice of Sebastian, David Diggs. Of course, you know him from Hamilton. He did the dual road of Marquis de Lafayette and also Thomas Jefferson in that movie and stage show, by the way. Yep. And on top of that, he had huge news this week. He is not officially, but he is rumored to be playing the thing in the Fantastic Four. Nice. Oh, cool. So he is the person who is rumored to be, uh, be become Ben Grimm. Nice. Nice. That is not confirmed yet, but if that's true, that's a hell of a week for him. Uh, playing the voice of Flounder, Jacob, Jacob Tremblay. Of course, you remember him as the child from the Predator movie. <laughs> <laughs> On top of that, I, I will say, uh, all joking aside, uh, he was in Wonder Room, Before I Wake, and uh, he was in a he was the voice of Robin in the Harley Quinn show. You know the one yeah. with uh, and, and most most popular. Huh? Kelly Coco. That's right. That's right. And then, of course, he was most recently in Luca as the voice of Luca for the Disney film. Oh, that's right. Pixar film. And then, speaking of voice actors and giving the last shout-out for this voice actor, playing the voice of Scuttle, Aqua fucking Fina. That's right. Aqua Fina's back. I love Aqua Fina. We <laughs> talked about her in Renfield. Of course, she was in Crazy Rich Asians. You know Aqua Fina. Everybody loves Aqua Fina. I don't know anybody who doesn't love yeah. Aqua Fina at this point in juncture. And uh, one more shout-out to a person in this movie. Art Malik played Sir Grimsby. Uh, he's getting a huge shout out for me. Of course, you saw him in True Lies back in the day. He was one of the terrorists. Yep. Uh, so on top of that, he was in The Wolfman. And uh, he was in a Bond movie way back in the day. Uh, do you, can you guess what Bond movie he was in? Uh, Diamonds Are Forever? No, unfortunately. The Living Daylights in 1987. That was a Timothy Dalton era. Oh, that was the film. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, the I Dalton era. I forget about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, just, I thought I'd just give you a question. But no, there's I, plenty I, of other people in this yeah. movie, obviously. By the way, I want to point out, IMDb listed like 15 to 20 dancers. Oh, yeah. Because there was a lot of great dance. And there were good dance numbers. I'm going to say that. All right. Now that we've gotten past who made the movie, who stars in the movie, all that great stuff, it is now time to give our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation for The Little Mermaid live action 2023. We will start with Ron. Spoiler free, remember? Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down, and why? This movie was not made for me. I'll just say thumbs in the middle because I know it's for other people. <laughs> but it was not made for me. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. All right, Diesel, you're up. I'll give it two thumbs way, way up. This movie was made for me. <laughs> this I went solo. I felt a little weird not going with a kid or anything like that. But I sat down. Within 20 minutes, I really had to go to the bathroom. But my ass was glued to that seat. I was not leaving that theater for anything. You know, I love it. You stole uh, Ron's thumb and stabbed that fucking thumbs up too, right? <laughs> uh, I'm going to also give this a thumbs up. I thought it was a lot of fun. I did enjoy the movie. 
I I was there with my wife, and uh, I was going in thinking I was going to hate it. I'm going to be honest, because let's be honest, the live-action Disney movies have been meh at best. Yeah. I thought this was the best one they've made so far, yep. and I'm just going to throw that out there, so thumbs up. And that, But that, then again, that doesn't give you credit on my score, because... Saying that it's the best one that they've made out of meh movies, that doesn't mean anything, folks. That's like saying it's the best Fast and the Furious movie. Hi-o. I don't mean shit. <laughs> hi He's got those shots in, folks. Well, that's going to do it for the spoiler-free portion. We are going to take our break. When we come back from this break, we are going to jump into our spoiler-full review of The Little Mermaid. What's up, nerds? Tyler Mack here from the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Bad Cast Company Productions. Now, you are currently tuned in to my favorite three fat nerds, Rich, Ron, and Diesel. Our Nerd Council Brothers. After you're done with this amazing show, zoom on over to 30 and Nerdy Podcast wherever you cast your pod. Hit the subscribe button, give us a rating and a review, and check out 30andnerdypodcast.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Hey, wake up, wake up, wake up! What? Have you not heard the scuttlebutt? Your butt. No, the gossip, the buzz, the who said what, who does that, yeah, the scuttlebutt. Well, I was flying over land and seeing ear to the ground. Then I came flying here for you to see and hear what I found. Remember the swamp? Remember my song in the swamp? And I was like, wham, chicka, wham, wham, chicka, wham, wham. I remember. Well, ever since, the what's his name, the guy with the hair and the shirt? The prince. Yeah, the prince has been dropping hints. He wants to, you know when humans dress all nice like they're penguins? Throw rice for the pigeons They're trying to blow up the pigeons But those are just urban legends I know a lot of really fat pigeons Scuttle Will up. you just listen Sebastian I got that scuttlebutt Hurry up You'll be like what That's when right I got that We are back okay, That is a brand new song From the new Little Mermaid <laughs> Called the Scuttlebutt Performed by Scuttle A.K.A. Aquafina uh, Hopefully if you guys have seen the movie You know if not I, I would say that that's my favorite new song from The Little Mermaid. I don't know about you, Diesel. I, When you told me about it before I went in to see it, I was like, all right, this could either be really good or really bad. As soon as it started going, I'm like, oh, it's going to be bad. I was like, no, this is the best thing I've ever heard. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Aquafina, by the way. All right. It is now time to enter the spoiler full review. So if you have not seen 20... 23's Little Mermaid live action remake, if you will. This is the time to stop the podcast, come back to it after you've seen it, and then listen to the rest of it. If you've already seen it, or you don't care if it's spoiled, because let's be honest, it is a movie based from a 1989 movie, and there is new things, there is some different things we'll talk about, but I don't know if you can really spoil the movie, because the nuts and bolts are still the same. If you're ready, we're going to dive in right about... Now, so you've been warned. All right, spoiler, full review time. And I don't really think we need to go through scene for scene in this movie, just because, let's be honest, it is The Little Mermaid, and it pretty much sticks. We're going to talk about some things that they left out, and we'll talk about some things that they added in, but uh, for the most part, I don't think you need to go scene by scene, because we're just going to go over our likes and dislikes, and I'm sure that'll come along with with that. And I'm going to kick it off, man, with some likes. Let's start with the likes, because we always like to start with that positive. 
I, I like the fact that this movie flowed in a pretty good way. And I told Diesel, there's times where this movie gets bogged down because it's, for some reason, two hours and 15 minutes long, yeah. which is obviously a negative. But I thought that they did a decent job with the pacing of like the key songs. So you're like, okay, it's getting bogged down. And then within the time period where you think about, oh, man, they're really bogging this down, shortly thereafter you get you know one of the marquee songs that we all know so i think they did a good job because let's be honest when you think of the little mermaid you're thinking of the musical elements of the of the movie like the original yeah, the 1989 yeah. movie so therefore if you're like oh i'm here to hear you know uh kiss the girl yeah. i'm here to hear under the sea i'm here to hear you know a part of your world you're here to hear those songs you know and so you're just waiting to get to them and I will say, like I said, and it's going to come up again in the negatives, the two hours and 15 minutes, there is a lot of drag, but I will give them the credit of knowing where to place the key yeah. things to kind of get you through it, but I still think that the negative is the length. Yeah, to go to that point, like, I really felt that, and then all of a sudden, you start hearing the the startup to kiss the girl, and you're just like, all right, we're back in. Because, like, that whole scene of them spending the day together was, like, it was fun. All the stuff's happening, but you're just like, all right, let's move it along, let's move it along. And then all of a sudden, Sebastian and Scuttle start, you know, doing, like, the, the reeds and the the strings and all that, and you're just like, all right, here we go. It was like, it was like all right, this is exactly where I needed it to be. I, I'm going to say as a positive, just to piggyback off of that, I did love uh, Sebastian and Scuttle in this yes. movie. I thought that uh, David did a great job. Aquafina obviously did a great job. And I liked the changes they made to the characters. There was some changes. Because one of the positives I want to talk about to piggyback off of this is in the changes, I thought that the, the benefit of the changes was in the story itself. Because there was some cool, like, loose ends from the original movie that they sewed up by doing different things in this movie, which it led it to be a better uh, dialogue movie. It was better in the actual movie instead of just a musical, in my yeah. opinion. I.e., one of the things that I like that they changed is when Ursula creates the, the, the spell, she makes Ariel forget that she has to get the kiss. Yeah. So she adds in a little bit of aha, turn you know, turn yeah. it on you right away. So the, thankfully, Sebastian and Flounder were there to hear it, and then they informed Scuttle. So when we get to kiss the girl, it's not like this whole big plan between Ariel, like in the original movie, where it's Ariel, Sebastian, and everybody trying like into the same thing. Yeah. Instead. It's just them trying to make this happen. Yep. And it actually works out better because they're, you know, uh, Sebastian's trying to, she was, he was like, as soon as Ariel hears me, it will be garbage. It will be over. And so he's just like under hats and stuff, just in the whispering and singing in the ear of uh, Prince Eric. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, climbing out of his back and tapping him and all that. It was really well done and it made more sense doing it this way. And I also love the adding of Scuttle singing during it, even yeah. though it's terrible. Like, <laughs> but it was kind of neat because there's a couple fun parts where Scuttle and Flounder join in the singing of Kiss the Girl. Yep. And I thought that that was a neat add in touch. Uh, but like I said, I think the dialogue for the story was a lot better in this movie. Not saying that I'd hate it, but the original is more focused on the musical. Let's be yes. honest. And that's why I said, still the songs are, are the main events here. But the actual story didn't suffer because of that, in my opinion. Yep. Thoughts? No, I agree with that. And to take on the musical side of it, to transfer over to the visual side, I love how they did key elements of the movie and recreated them in live action. Ariel coming out of the water, the iconic scene of you know Ariel coming out of the water, I thought was done amazing. Agreed. Um, the visuals for the under the sea uh, part of the portion of the movie, I thought was great. With all the sea creatures like dancing essentially together, was great. Into the thematic elements of. The fucking shark scene was a fucking horror scene right yes. there. Well, they did a great job with that. Yeah. And, and I remember, like, 
in the cartoon you really can't capture that terror you are like actually just like holy fuck that is jaws coming to fuck some shit up <laughs> and i i hate sharks so i was like ooh. <laughs> No, I agree there. I thought that was cool. I thought that that was a good setup there as well. Yeah. And, they, and I'd like that they still use the cartoon ending of it getting stuck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was fine. Yeah. I obviously I like that. Um, one other positive I want to mention before passing this around the table. I do think that um, another positive that I really liked is that I like some of the things they added. Like, they added this scene where they're in the village. So we get this scene where they're going and she's going around the different tables and seeing for the first time. Because you got to remember, she's, you know, can't talk and she's never been on, on, on land. Yeah. So she's going around to these different vendors who have scarves and hats and trinkets and jewels and food. And she's like taking it in and it looks, it's really cool. And Eric's following around and paying for things. So she doesn't realize you have to pay. Yeah. So he's paying for things behind her. And I thought that was kind of neat to see that happen. And then there's a really cool dance number. I thought that that was one of the more fun times in the movie. Because of course she changes out of those heels into some sandals, uh, which is easier on the feet. Yeah. And they're, they're <laughs> dancing. And I thought that that was really kind of nice. And that's like the bridge between, uh, you know, them being at the castle and kiss the girl. So it actually gave us more of like them falling in love, if you will, because I feel like in the cartoon, it's just kind of like, oh, you know, he's looking for somebody else because he's looking for the voice and he doesn't find the voice in the cartoon. And then, you know, kind of like, oh, maybe I'll just kiss this girl who's in this, you know, because of the scene. But we don't ever get to that, you know, like a build to that point. It's just kind of like small things. And this we see them spend time in his collection room, him telling her about things and then going on a carriage ride where she whips the horse through the, <laughs> yeah. through the village, then in the village with a dance number. And then finally we get to kiss the girl. And, and of course, it also plays in Scuttle steals a hat from him and gets it to the boat to kind of nudge it along yeah. so once again we're adding that element of sebastian scuttle and flounder trying to make this plan because they they know what's got to happen and and she doesn't so i i thought that that was a really really cool piece of this story uh gonna go over to ron because i know he's probably got less likes uh do you want to add anything to, to the like department no i um, if it wasn't for uh scuttle and um, Sebastian, I was out 100%. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was definitely out 100% if it wasn't for them. <laughs> okay. Diesel likes that I didn't mention. Uh, I like how they actually added more to the Prince Eric character because in the cartoon, it was kind of like a one-sided romance. He was just like the the charming, good-looking prince. This one, you actually get his motivation with the new song Uncharted, which wasn't needed, but I actually, it kind of helped build that character. I was going to say, that was one of my negatives. I didn't like that song. I didn't particularly enjoy the song, but I did enjoy that it gave us insight into the character's motivations. Okay. And then, you know, learning more about his family, you know, he's adopted, he was shipwrecked there as a child, the queen took him in, he is now a prince. It, just the whole thing, it gave him actual character development and gave a reason for the love story instead of being like a one-sided unrequited love which the cartoon was essentially where they're trying to like convince him to kiss the girl and it's like no no you they both and you saw the love build throughout the movie absolutely because that that plays into even like when ursula comes to the the surface you know different actress obviously and uh is using ariel's voice to try to siren her yeah. way into uh eric and eric is still torn between 
the fact that he has kind of fallen in love with Ariel and this girl that he thinks saved him because of the yeah. voice. So you kind of like there's more to that story. And of course, also Grimsby comes into a point because Grimsby's kind of like ledging him into the way of Ariel the whole time. Yes. Including like that scene with the engagement, the ring goes flying because of Scuttle and Grimsby just kicks that motherfucker <laughs> out of the way. And prior to that, he, I remember he goes, uh, if you want some advice from an old man, yes. sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's better to go with what's there and what your f- feelings are than to keep searching for something that's not there. Yeah. And I thought that that was really interesting. So I like the Grimsby character yeah. a lot more because of that. I definitely enjoyed the Grimsby character a lot. He was just a great older mentor to Eric. Which, when you first get introduced to him on the, the ship, you just like he's a little overprotective, you know, and all that. But when it comes down to it, he was he was a homie for this guy. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Um, another thing, and I we didn't get a chance to talk about this. I know this was one of your concerns pre-movie. I was actually blown away with Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. I enjoyed her a lot more than I thought I was going to. I'm going to say this. I liked her, but I'm not... A, unfortunate souls, I didn't think she performed as well. It wasn't. It didn't hit home for me because I like. Let's kind of go into a negative here. Some of the original songs I didn't like as well as the original. Mind you, nineteen eighty-nine. I was six. You know, we were both six. So this movie kind of is more impactful because in my form, this is a movie we watched because Little Mermaid was big, uh, especially for children. So like. I, I just remember the original version being a lot bigger, more boisterous, more entertaining. And Melissa McCarthy obviously is not a great singer, not taking anything against her. She's not a singer. She's yeah. an actress. And she did fine. It's just she didn't she did it very dry. I didn't think it was with the energy that the original yeah. was with. But outside of that, I did enjoy her as far as once again, I thought they did a better job portraying the characters. Yeah. And I think she did a better job. So I will give her credit. I liked her dialogue. I did like her acting in the movie. The only takeaway I have is that. But to be fair, I also Under the Sea was good. I liked the presentation, but there was just something off about the vocals. Which is weird because then Kiss the Girl comes along and I thought he nailed it. I thought David did an amazing job on Kiss the Girl. I thought it sounded almost like the original, whereas I think he took a little more license with Under the Sea and it kind of sounded slightly different. I wasn't as big of a fan. See, I'm on the flip of that. Like I enjoyed immensely Sebastian's part of Under the Sea. And anytime Ariel sung, it sounded out of place in Under the Sea. True. That For whatever reason, that's what took me out was her voice in that one, which... The only time in this movie where that happened. Because maybe, that, maybe that's because I was going to say, uh, Part of Your World, I thought she nailed. Mm-hmm. I thought she did an amazing job whenever right. she sang that. I actually, I thought that when she was just doing the octave change, like the voice yeah. thing, I thought that almost sounded exactly like the cartoon, so I'll give her that. But I did like her vocals on uh, Part, of, uh, Part of Your World. But I, I think that, like I said, I don't know. For whatever reason, maybe it was her. And I think that there was a little more license from David on that. Yeah. But when you come to Kiss the Girl, he sounds pretty yeah. spot on and I was like okay I like that so there was a couple of the numbers but once again nostalgia you know being a young kid this was a movie and probably that's why Ron doesn't have the same attachment he's a little older than us so the Little Mermaid wasn't as impactful if you will at his age than it was for us yeah. as children so I think that maybe that plays a part too and that's probably what plays a part in that being a negative of mine thinking oh shit those there was a couple songs and the, the new song Uncharted I didn't like I I love the Aquafina scuttlebutt rap I, I really love and I was like you when I first heard I was like what are they doing <laughs> but then when she really gets into yeah, it I'm yeah. like oh fuck yeah and then towards the end which we didn't play the whole song but towards the end when Sebastian kind of adds some more stuff like you hear him just saying things but towards the end he's actually kind of In, rapping yeah. and there's like a rap between the two and I was just like wow that is actually really good and I love the fact that they put it in there because it sounded great 
Uh, but Uncharted, I was just like, I, I, I get yeah. like the story that they were telling, yes. and I, I, I appreciate what you pointing that out. But the song itself was just kind of like, yeah, it was, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, the, the Uncharted was a bit rough, but he at least gave motivation into Eric. That that was the, my main takeaway onto it because it goes back to the old meme of like comparing Moana to Ariel and be like, Moana like risk everything to save her village. Ariel went out for some dick. This kid <laughs> gave it like some like legitimacy to it all. That's kind of true, though. Yeah. That is kind of true. <laughs> um, any other likes you want to throw out there? Not to sound like I'm virtual signaling or anything like that, I enjoyed how they played the diversity of the mermaids. I thought that was ingenious. You have the seven sisters yeah. of the seven seas. It makes sense that they're different races. Also, I, they, I enjoyed they that. matched the race that they were. Yeah. I didn't like that. I like the I like the fact that it was really good, uh, because like you know there was the Indian Ocean. Obviously, she was an Indian of Indian descent. There was Caspia. the Asian. There was an Asian descent. There was a Mediterranean descent. Yeah. There was one that was Middle Eastern because they came from the seas. Where that was. I thought that was perfect because yeah. I think that that's good casting. Yeah, yeah. Like because obviously if you're in the if you're the Indian Ocean sister, you should probably be Indian. Like I, I mean, yeah. I mean that in the best way about because like that's true, and it makes yeah. most sense because they're in the Caribbean. We're gonna have Caribbean backgrounds, and with the explanation that Prince Eric was adopted, the Queen was actually black. At no point did that take me out of the movie. I'm like, makes sense. Oh, actually, yeah. it, it made a hundred percent sense. <laughs> yeah. And just like the village, I like the fact that the village, you know, it's a Caribbean country. Most of the residents of the village are are black or of native descent, and I thought that that was perfect yep. casting because. It's a Caribbean island. Yeah. What do you I, expect? You're, if, if it was a bunch of white people on a Caribbean island, I'd be like, okay, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. That's bullshit. So I think that they did a great job casting. Yep. So, and when you when when you see the outrage that was for this movie, blindly, of course, yeah. when you now understand that the story is, you're like, oh, this makes sense. way more sense because <laughs> it's the Caribbean. This is how people are in the Caribbean. Yeah. They did a great job of like Caribbean style clothing, old school Caribbean style clothing. Lots of flowy stuff that you could wear in the ocean. Beautiful, bright colors. I thought that the costuming for this movie was amazing. The way it was shot was amazing. I even, the under the sea stuff looked actually good. Yes. Yeah. Like a lot of movies, the under the sea stuff looks weird because they usually hue it with like a weird blue light. They didn't this. It almost felt like you were on land but floating. And I thought that was perfect. There was a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And um, the score of this movie, classic score for Little Mermaid, but the opening of this movie, like, I'm just like, as soon as I start hearing the music, I'm just like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm back in. <laughs> I, I was transported back to being, I was six, seven years old watching this movie and absolutely loving it. Because, granted, I know I'm going in biased, but for the Disney movies of my youth, the Little Mermaid was my absolute favorite. I was gonna say, uh, I will say this: I hit my nostalgia too. On top of that, though, it just kind of made things a little more new and it updated a lot of things. And like I said, they added a lot to the story, in my opinion. Like adding in the fact that she doesn't remember the kiss. Uh, I thought that was good. Yeah. Adding in the village and getting to see a building of a relationship and not just like basically Ariel wants to jump Prince Eric's bones <laughs> and we don't we don't know why. But in this movie, we get to see them kind of fall in love. Yeah. So that was cool. I you know I I the end of the and then there, I like the fact that they didn't change like some of the key parts that we remember because like the end of this film is literally the end of the animated film <laughs> only yeah. in live action I thought that was good yeah. um, now let's get into some negatives because I have some negatives 
What? And I know Ron's got a lot of them because <laughs> unlike us, he has no nostalgia for this. My big, one of my biggest negatives, obviously the two fifteen, but I'm not going to harp on it. Yeah. It's a little long, especially for a kids movie. Kids lose their attention after an hour usually, so an hour and a half movie pushes it, but you can get through it. Two hours and fifteen is a little long. I know from watching the kids around us, they were getting a little impatient because there is times when this movie bogs down. And for parents and adults, even the bogging down, it's, it sucks. But you can understand it. For children, they don't. Yeah, uh, and they just want to be entertained. They just yeah. want to see Ariel. They just want to see like that is. And I get it. I fucking get it. If I was a child, I'd be the same. Yeah. Um, but some of the things that my my biggest one of my biggest is Javier Bardem terrible. I'm sorry, dude. He didn't act like like as King Triton. His acting was so monotone that I and was just kind of like, and yeah, it's just like like. Even when he gives his speech about loving his daughter, I don't believe him. When he was angry, he didn't even look angry. No. And I'm just like, and my biggest thing, and I said I was going to make a point of this, why the fuck wasn't Lin-Manuel Miranda King Triton? Yeah. Because Javier Bardem is a little bigger than him, but he looks just, they look kind of yeah. similar. And I think Lin-Manuel would have fucking knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And, and it's just like, this was... I don't know. I just felt like he phoned it in. Am I yeah, wrong? No. It was very dry. Very dry. I hated every scene he was in. I did not care at all for King China. The only scenes when I... When he died, I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> the only scenes I enjoyed of him through the movie proper was him interacting with Sebastian, where he was like, all right, I can buy him being kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, he was very monotone, very flat. Um, yeah, they could have definitely done better with... I, I don't know if it was him or if it was just... I, I don't know, but it, the direction of that character wasn't the greatest. No, I, I, I didn't like it. It was terrible, yeah. in my opinion. That was one of the things that, and every time, and I, I'm with Ron. Every time I saw him, it took me out of the movie a little yeah. bit. So I'm just like, why? Like this is a cart. This is based on a cartoon. The character's a little more over the top, and this is where I'm gonna say my only critique of Haley Bailey. I thought she was amazing in singing. I thought, I, honestly, ninety. 8% of her performance was great. The only things that I didn't like, and I have to be fair, was when she couldn't talk, she wasn't very animated. No. There were scenes where people were talking to her and she just looked at them with a blank, dumb look. Yeah. And, and not like, because like, if you remember well, the animated movie, like she would shake her head. Yeah. yeah. Like Ariel would shake her head yes or no to answer the questions, like very aggressive, you know, like, like very whatever. Like, you don't need it to be over the top. But, like, there were scenes where she was being asked a yes or no question by Prince Eric, and, and she just, just stared at him. Like, she didn't understand, even though we know she speaks English. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? We know she can talk. She just doesn't have her voice. And the only thing that, like, kind of saved it a little bit was when she says her name. Well, she doesn't say her name. When she points to Aries, Aries and, then and then, like, is, like, messing with his lip to say Ariel. I like that touch. But outside of that, you're just like, there's scenes where they're in the observatory and she's like, he's just looking at her and he's, she's just like, just staring at him. Like she doesn't understand him yet. We know she understands him. Yeah. Yeah. They could have done better with the nonverbal communication in that. Yes. And that's my only gripe. Once again, I thought she had an amazing performance outside yeah. of that. Loved her singing, loved her acting for the most part. Like I said, that was the only takeaway. So I don't want to make it sound like I, I hated it, but it sounds like Ron also didn't like that part. <laughs> no, it, it was, there was nothing there. It was just like blank stare in face. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. No, that's all it was. Yeah, it was. It was a little rough. I'm upset. Max wasn't a bigger part. Max was amazing in the cartoon. Max was a bigger part in the in the original. I thought. Yeah, I think there was probably some cut scenes because they had to trim this down where they probably cut most of the Max scenes because probably. Max was such a big part, and that's kind of what what 
triggered Eric to realize that there was something special about Ariel was with how she treated Max in the yeah, cartoon, yeah, yeah. where they completely just bypass that. Yeah, they give you a little bit, but not enough. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, another thing I didn't like is they cut out the whole chef scene. Yes, like they did replace it kind of with that extended village scene. But come on, the chef scene with Sebastian getting chased by the chef is hilarious. And I th- see, I would have not casted Lin Manuel as uh, Triton. The chef. You would have cast him as yep. a chef? I, I could see it too. I'm, I'm just saying that Lin Manuel's the fucking producer. Let's make him King Triton. But I would agree. Yeah. If you put him as the chef, I would have laughed my ass off. Another another person I would love to see as a chef, Taika Waititi. Because <laughs> yep. I think he would have oversold it. It would have been hilarious. And I, that, if you made the movie almost an hour longer. Give me that scene because yeah. that scene is hilarious. Yeah. You, you gave us Sebastian climbing up the side of a castle. You could have put that in that part been like uh, girl I had to get, I had to run from this chef then I had to climb this castle and man, you, you're killing me child yeah because like he already says you're killing me for climbing could you imagine like if you had the chef scene maybe hit the cutting room floor and if it did though I'm like fuck yeah. why would you have that hit the cutting room floor I think that that scene was that was one of the scenes that they took out that I went that that was a good scene why yeah. why yeah. would you do that that's just personally me Ron I almost I'm scared to ask do you want me to go to Diesel first I bet you he has less <laughs> So that, let's go to Diesel first. Diesel negatives for the movie that I might have not seen, or you want to, you know, you know, emphasize any of them. All right, I love the voice. Jacob Tremblay did a tremendous job. Flounder looked horrible. He and looked horrible. He looked creepy. Which is worse, especially when he was talking. Yeah, Flounder was rough. Um, I think they could have gone a little bit more animated, like make it more visually appealing for the Flounder character because Flounder was such a big part of the original movie of like the childish inquisitive nature of Ariel was personified through him this was just like it's a creepy little doll get the fuck away from me <laughs> it was just horrible I want to piggyback off of that because I just remembered another one because speaking of it, Jasper and Jensen first of all we don't get to hear their names at all which is dumb but then, of course if you remember those are the eels yeah they cut out there there is a couple lines that they have in the animated movie, which I'm worried with them not talking about. But when they tip over the boat in the lagoon, they laugh like hyenas. They yes. do that. <laughs> and they do that a few other times in the movie. None of that. Yeah. I was pissed about that because <laughs> I'm like, and they don't call them by their names. Yeah. I guess you don't have to if they don't laugh or don't fucking yeah. be animated. But everybody else talks to shit and they're just silent swimming around, electrocute motherfuckers. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they in the movie, they had names. Yeah. Let them go. Let them be. And, and give me the laughter. Yeah, yeah. That definitely was missing that um aside from that though i did like how they were the you know the eye of ursula and all that i think how they portrayed them was pretty cool except for yeah when they were doing something as stupid as tipping over the boat so it stops the cast like give them the little chuckle like, because in the in the movie they did they yeah. did that yes. yeah and you heard them do that after like it's fun like come yeah. on um but yeah aside from flounder's creepiness that that was my main negative um and the third act definitely for as long as this movie was was definitely rushed but it was also like that in the cartoon that but that's the one thing where it was just like you kind of taken a little less somewhere else and like built upon this because all of a sudden you go from zero to 100 really quick and then all of a sudden you're at the end yeah, I agree. Like, like the the fight scene is not really a fight. Yeah, there's no real struggle, if you will, because you never feel like anybody's in true danger because it goes so quickly. And then when when because you know it ends like the cartoon with the um, Ursula 
growing gigantic in size, crossing the whirlpool, Ariel getting up onto the boat and spinning the wheel, and Ursula getting impaled by the ship. But there was no setup for that. Like, Eric's doing his thing, and it makes no sense what's going on. And then all of a sudden, the fight scene's over, and the good guys won. And you're just like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I, I'm with you. Pretty much. I'm with you. All right, Ron. It's loaded. Come on. Dislikes for Little Mermaid. It's way too fucking long. <laughs> so fucking boring. The fucking pacing is fucking horrible. <laughs> I, I get, I get where they put the key, the songs. That's where that the pacing was so bad that when they put in the key songs, you're like, oh my god, there's something going on. So that's why you get happy about it. It was just that little dose of dopamine that you just needed to get through this fucking pile of shit. <laughs> so, that being said, this movie wasn't for me. Oh, okay. I under, I understand why people will like it. I understand why it's making all the monies. I understand yeah. it's a Disney movie. And all that being said, I understand why. Just wasn't for me. It wasn't for Jeff. Him and I were Mystery Science Theater 3000 this shit all the way through. Um, there was, a, like, I think a people behind us took a picture of us when the movie first started and we just cracked about it about how oh they're taking pictures of the gay couple uh, watching little mermaid here we go <laughs> and it was just well it, if it wasn't for jeff i probably would have hung myself if i went through this movie <laughs> i'm just gonna say old man shaking fist this guy yeah. I, can see it now. I can see it now I, I get it though once again i really actually get no, it. I get it you were a little older yeah, Little Mermaid. I, I, I watched it once when it came out on right. VHS, and that was it. And you were also it yeah. wasn't your age group, you no. know what I mean? You were onto like bigger, you know, yeah. like more. I shouldn't say more adult, but more teenager things. Yeah. By right. the time Little Mermaid, came. my sister worked at a, the video local video store, not the Video King one, but the Browns mm-hmm. little there. So I, you know, and since the other employees knew me there, I was watching movies way above what I should have been watching. Well, anyway, yeah, so. right, right. But I'm just saying, you were also slightly older. Yes, yeah. we were children when it came out in 1989 so like we remember the little mermaid like i remember like american tale or uh i remember american tale right 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 but i'm just well because it was you were a kid then but because i wasn't no i think i was only like a real little kid when it was like 1984 85 so i mean i was like two but i remember like we grew up on it land before time yeah that would probably be in your wheelhouse like as far as because you were our the age we were watching little mermaid is how you old you are when five came out and land before time came out so like even though and we have nostalgia for them because obviously we were children they came out before we were old enough but we watched them as children but Little Mermaid is one of the first movies that I remember Disney wise being a new movie that we saw because Lion King comes out after Mm -hmm. and I remember having that nostalgia for Lion King as well because it was only a couple years I'm still a child I'm still drawn to Disney movies you know what I mean but like all of our movies we watched were ones that were older than us and then uh, these were our new ones. Yeah. So that this is the wheel. Like honestly, the wheel at forty years old. This is the fucking wheelhouse. Like when Disney made this live, these live action movies, like with this and Lion King, they were going after not only the kids, they were going after people my age. They failed at the Lion King. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I was I did not like the live action Lion King. It's I love action. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah. But it's still no, I they played. I, it I didn't. I didn't mind it. It wasn't terrible. I wouldn't say it was terrible, but at I the same enjoyed time, Aladdin better. I didn't. I I did like Aladdin better. I did. Aladdin's probably because Aladdin also is in our wheelhouse. I did like Aladdin the best. I don't know. We'll find out where I put this after. I don't want to spoil anything, but I will just say that I think that because of that nostalgia and it's in our wheelhouse, I think we're always going to be more favoring to it. Yeah. Because like, like I said, I you were singing along in the theater. People our age that were sitting around me were singing along in the theater because we know the fucking songs. We grew up with like we were. That was our annoy our parents and play it and play it and play it movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like 
it's been over 20 years since I've seen this movie. I've probably been closer to, Jesus, 25 years since I've seen this movie, if not longer. And throughout the movie, I'm like, I forget the actual plot and all that of this movie. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this happens. And then all of a sudden I start remembering, oh, oh, so this is happening next. And I was like, holy shit, it brought back all these nice memories. So it definitely hit that wheelhouse for me where it was like it took me back to my childhood. And it made me remember things that I didn't remember right off the top of my head. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. See, so, I mean, I, I get that. That's gonna. You're, I think you're going to hear yeah. a lot of that in different reviews. It depends right. on where you fell on the nostalgia. If you were a little older, you might not like it as much. For us in the nostalgia wheelhouse, we're going to give it a, probably a slightly higher score, I would assume. And kids, we'll see where it falls. I think it was a little too long for the kids. Yeah. I'm just going to throw it out there. But literally, live-action movies, let's be honest, they're made for nostalgia, so they, they knew what they were doing. And we're buying, and we're going to take our kids and all that happy shit. Well, with that, that's going to do it for the spoiler full review. But before we can give our scores, you know we have to take a look at the scores around the internet. And you know how we like to settle that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. That's right, it is time to play the game, and the game is played simple. These two gentlemen are going to guess the scores from around the internet. Closest without going over, or better known as Price is Right rules, gets the point. First to three points wins. Of course, the final question is closest to the number because we don't do ties, and sometimes it's worth two points because, hey, we like to make things interesting. Of course, Ronald is your reigning and defending champion. So let's see if he can keep that crown. All right. Diesel, because Ron is the champ, you get to go first. IMDB, out of 10 using points, what did they give The Little Mermaid 2023? I think eight's a little too high, so we're going to go 7.6. 7.6 for Diesel, Ronald. Four. Ron is going with a four, and Ron gets the point, seven out of 10. Diesel, you busted. Next up, Ron, you get to go first. Metacritic. Remember, this is only critics out of 100%. What did they give Little Mermaid 23? 75. Diesel. 76. And the survey says... 59%. 59%. I don't know if I would have gone that way with the critics. Ratchet ass bitches. All right, Diesel, you're up next. Ron leads one to nothing. Ryan Tomatoes critic score out of 100%. What did they give Little Mermaid 23? 70. Ron. 72. 70 and 72, respectively. And 67%. I thought that was the one that was going to be higher. All right. Ron, you get to go first here. Still up one to nothing. Rotten Tomatoes fan score out of 100%. What did they give The Little Mermaid 2023? Oh, this is going to be the one that's higher than fucking <laughs> Google users. I don't know. There's a lot of pissed off Karens out there. Uh, they love leaving reviews. 89. 89 for Ron Diesel. Ooh, I don't think it's going to be that high, so we're going to go with one point. <laughs> so 89, and you said one, and... Go for the block. Ron gets the point, 95%. <laughs> gotcha, told you. Holy shit. 95%. That makes me happy, though. <laughs> so here's an interesting thing. Ron has two points. Diesel has none. 
Technically, I should just say D- Ron wins. I win. Because, I mean, it's really unfair to say this is worth three points. So, Ron is going to be your winner. <laughs> I'm not going to play the music, but we're going to go to the last question. See if Diesel can save some face. Google users. Out of 100%, you get to go first, Diesel. Little Mermaid 2023, what did they give it? 94. Ron? 93. 94, 93. And remember, this is close to the number. So Ron would get the three point to give him the official win because... So we'll give him the music. Google users gave this 51%. So you were wrong on where the where the I Karens were. Holy shit! I told you. I told you this was the one that was going to that was going to remember be the one before over. the show and the in the Patreon open. I told you guys these were some unique scores, and one of them was really going to shock you, but it made sense to me. It was the Google oh. users. A lot of the Karens and all that don't use Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb. So where they took out and bombed it was on Google. Holy shit! Which is ridiculous that it's that low compared to everything else because even the critic scores are higher holy <laughs> just throw that, that is, out there that is the lowest google score we've ever had yes 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 even, even with bad movies so holy shit so unfortunately <laughs> uh there is some uh people out there and i understand ron didn't like the movie but he no, didn't like I the movie he I didn't would. like the movie based upon like the what he watched and yeah. because of the nostalgia feels aren't there for him because of that i'm pretty sure that that's the reason gathering from what he said however there's obviously a lot of people who don't like this movie for other reasons, yeah. and unfortunately, those people are stupid. Yeah, because I don't think it's that. I don't think it was bad enough for Google users to have no, 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 51. percent no, no. Yeah, if you're one of those people that hate it because they cast a black Ariel, go fuck yourself. Yeah, that's why I said the Google users. <laughs> I mean, is where that can't take it out. The gingers aren't getting mad now. I mean, geez, it started with Annie, <laughs> Kid Flash in the Flash. Uh, we still got Jimmy, Chucky, Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen. In for now. Supergirl, uh, Ariel, you got. I mean, it's just they're just black actors taking over the ginger roles. It's just hey. what it is. Us gingers are self-hating people. We're fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the gingers care. They have no souls. <laughs> besides, besides, all those roles were still gingers because they all had red hair. They still had their red hair. Just throwing out, and they even got freckles on some of them. Oh, because I mean, the girl that played Annie got the freckles too. Oh, we lost Mary Jane too. Mary Jane. Fuck you, Zendaya. <laughs> Mary Jane. <laughs> she didn't dye her hair right. Jimmy Olsen went to a, Jimmy Olsen went from a dorky ginger to a hot, strapping, bald black man. I'm not. A, I'm not offended by that. By yeah, no, I'm not offended by that either. Are you tired? I was like, it's fucking dreamy. Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? Supergirl. Yeah, let's go. Listen, I'll cancel you for that one. I, I you leave you leave the new Jimmy Olsen alone. I, well, I was. I'm good with it. <laughs> I need. I need me some of that action. Anyway, Batwoman. Before, before I start really going in, but uh, yes, anyways, gingers are losing, but you know, gingers have no souls. <laughs> it is what it is. All right. With that being, I'm sure the ginger coalition is going to hate that, but we, I have a ginger sitting right next to me. Yeah. I've, I'll I mean, allow it. We give it. We give. Uh, we we give him a you know a place to be. <laughs> he's 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 Mexican and ginger, so I, I we got I, we got our bases covered. We got our base coverage. It's basically you and Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. Really, that is the only people that are repping that crew. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. One of these All things right. is not like the other. <laughs> yeah. I always ask for consent. <laughs> I Well, with that being said, and now that we've found out what the internet uh, scores were, let's find out what our scores are. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. 
Okay, so first we're going to give the nerd score, followed by my critic score. And of course, the nerd score is a recommendation score that we base off of our crit critic score and entertainment score. So that means if the movie is critically bad, but super entertaining, it can gain points on the nerd scale and vice versa. The nerd scale has five parts and everything fits into one of the parts. We don't do half points or anything like that for it. It's just easier that way. So a one on the nerd scale is no. That means it's a terrible film that should never be watched. A two on the nerd scale is you've been warned that means it's not a terrible movie but it ain't good so you've been warned not to watch it a three on the nerd scale is ah eh, it's good that means that it's a it's an average to good film it's not going to blow your socks off there's no real reason to add it to your collection or watch it multiple times but you're not going to regret seeing it because it wasn't a bad film a four on the nerd scale is just take my money these are the very good films these are films that uh, you're probably going to want to add to your collection possibly you might want to re-watch them from time to time and you're definitely not going to regret going out and spending money on them in the theater or to rent them, etc., etc. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air, and that is known as Certified Nerd. And that is for the legendary films. That's for movies like Jaws, Jurassic Park, and the ilk like that. We always use those as our examples. Those are movies that pretty much across the board people love. They're classics. You will buy them on uh, you know Blu-ray. If there's a new version that comes out, you'll buy that. You'll add them to your collection. They're in your, your they're in your rotation when they're on you'll stop and watch them you know they are the instant classics they are the creme del la creme so with that being said and i, I don't even know what the scores are going to be so i got to get my <laughs> trusty finger handy for the soundboard let's give our nerd scores and why starting with ron all right this movie definitely wasn't for me so that being said and the fact that uh if it wasn't for scuttle and uh sebastian i'd be completely out of it but they, they give it an extra point for me, so I'll give it a three. It's good. It's good. It's good. I was surprised by that answer. I was, right. I was hovering it over. Uh, it, I thought it was going to be you have been warned, so I was hovering it uh, over that button. No, I, I understand why, but I understand where this movie fits. I do. And it, just because I didn't like this one, I don't. I can't give it enough points to put it down to you've been warned. It, it, it's a movie, kid movie. Your kids are going to probably love it. Go enjoy it, whatever. But it is a little long. It's a painful two hours and 15 minutes in my eyes. Okay. But. Diesel, I'm assuming you're going to be the highest of the scores. So what did you give Little Mermaid? All right. We're, we landed on, there was enough negatives where I thought it would drop me down a full point, but we are actually at a five. You're at a five? Yep. Audience, say it with me. Legendary. Wow. Okay. I got out of the theater and I immediately was like, I want to go see this again. In okay. theaters. <laughs> I will probably go see it again some point this week. I really enjoyed this experience from the moment the music started hitting in the beginning of the music. Like I was transported back to the, the late 80s, and I was enamored by the magic of this movie. I 100% give this a 5 out of 5. Okay. I, I, I actually, honestly, I knew you were going to be the highest, but I was surprised you were that high. I'm, I'm not going to joke. I'm not going to lie about that. So that's going to bring it to me, obviously. All right. At the end of the day, I enjoyed the movie. I'm not going to say that I didn't enjoy it. It was a very enjoyable movie. And this is going to be one I give the my, my critic score first for. I gave it a 7 out of 10. I think that's a very fair score for this movie. Um, there was some things to complain about. The length of it, especially being a film family slash kids movie. I thought it was a little little sus, a little long. Uh, there's a lot of dry parts in it. There's a lot of like real boring parts to that, you know. As an adult, I kind of can make them through. Uh, they took away some iconic scenes. Uh, like I said, I, I the music, most of the musical numbers did not hit it for me. There was some that did. 
uh, not taking anything away from some of the greater performances. What saved this movie in a lot of aspect is the great performance from Halle Bailey, uh, from David, from Aquafina. I think that those performances, whether vocal or in live action, are are what made this movie good. You know, in my opinion, the downsides are the downsides. You already heard them. So with that, my nerd score for this movie, I'm actually, it's going to be weird. I'm falling exactly where Ron was. It's good. It's good. It's good. And the reason why is that a 7 out of 10 is on the cusp of being, take, uh, you know, just take my money. However, I now have, if I have the choice to watch the 1989 animated movie or this movie, the 1989 animated movie is going to win every single time time it's a less it's almost an hour shorter and i like the performances more because my miss this this all this movie did was remind me of my my biggest positives were my nostalgia for that movie from 89 i watched that movie from 89 last night and i'll tell you what it blew that motherfucker out of the water so if you want to know my score for 1989's little mermaid it is certified nerd because all the things that this movie bored me on that movie didn't so Thank you for reigniting the nostalgia and proving my nostalgia right. But yeah, I, that's I was going to I, like when I was thinking about it in the purest form. I was like, do I give it a just take my money or if it was good? And I went, you know what? The nostalgia is my main drawing point. The '89 movie's better and shorter. We're going with '89. So. With that being said, I don't think this is a bad movie. Please go out and see it. If you're a big fan of Disney movies, if you fall in that age group, you might want to spend the money to go see this in the theater because it's a really cool experience. If not, watch it on Disney+. Plus. I definitely think it should be watched. A 7 out of 10 says that it should be watched. But I just, I don't know. For me and my money, that's just my opinion. So it's kind of interesting. We fell on different, uh, Ron didn't really like it, but still was like, yeah, it's a fun family movie. Diesel loved it. And I liked it. I just, I just don't think it's better than the 89 version. And at the end of the day, there we are. I, I just can't explain the strange erection after the 89 version, so I'm going <laughs> to stick with the new version. Because the mermaids are fucking hot, dude. <laughs> new kink unlocked. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I, I absolutely... I absolutely... Did she? Does she have the abs, or did they put them in? <laughs> I don't think she had the abs in the uh, in the eighty nine version. No, no, I'm just saying her not in real life. The new oh, one I, I think have. they. I think she does. I think she does oh. very much. So. Uh, but I don't think in the eighty nine version they were. I think they were just like regular body forms. <laughs> with that being said, though, I think that we can all agree that yeah, if you watch it, you're not going to regret seeing it. So with that. If you would like to tell us what you thought of The Little Mermaid and you want to do it spoiler-free, you can always do that on all our social medias. You can find those social medias and all other links at 3fnpodcast.com. If you would like to talk spoilers, though, because we always uh, refrain from that, Diesel, what is the email address? 3fatnerdspod at gmail.com. And uh, that also goes for you if you would like to uh, send us artwork. Uh, if you're a musician and you would like us to uh, you know, showcase your music, you can send it to the website, to the email as well. Of course, if you don't remember the emails, 3fatnerdspod at gmail.com just go to the website 3fnpodcast.com go to the contact us section and you can send an email right from there because uh, like I said sponsorship opportunities are always welcome so isn't like if you have artwork you want to send us if you have any kind of cool uh, thing you're doing or you know music that you want us to showcase because we always have the breaks and we like showcasing uh, unsigned hyped talent and uh, we'd be more than happy to do that for you so just contact us there for all of those great things with that being said do not contact this for the smoke that we're about to get that all goes to at RedX230 on Twitter. Uh, Ron, take care of that business. Two out of ten stars. FX overdone and poorly done at that. I think this movie disappoints due to the poorly done special effects. Eek. My kids were horribly disappointed because things were not as they imagined it and looked fake. And according to them, were outright wrong. 
even basic blue screening effects were simply terrible and FX were often used just to use them as opposed to enhancing the story. As most reviews state, this movie is not for the little ones. Thankfully, I left my youngest one at home. It's two out of ten stars. Harry Potter just sucks people. There you go. Send that hate to Ron. Diesel's got someone shaking his head. It's not what my kids expected. Well, your kids are fucking dumb. Whoa. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what the? Oh, Diesel, Diesel's off the chain because he went five and nobody else went five with him. I, I, oh. I, think, that, I think Diesel's no. going off the chain over I, here. I am still pissed off at the fucking 51% of Google users <laughs> on this thing. You fucking racist, fucking Karen <laughs> ass bitches. This movie was great. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. Diesel warning's eye there. I right, just throwing it out there. We gave him a live mic, folks. That's what you get. Well, hopefully next week will get a little better because uh, next week, 3FN Movie Club Review will be the new Spider-Verse film. Cannot wait to see that. That was one of my most anticipated movies of this year. So next week we will be reviewing that. Of course, the week after it will be Transformers Rise of the Beast. Five out of five. Which, which Ron is giving it a blind 5 out of 5 I won't be surprised if he gives it a blind 5 out of 5 You never know It's got to be real terrible for him to lower the numbers down <laughs> 2, 3, gotta, 4 are all it's horrible It's got to be a Michael Bay production <laughs> Yeah And I, it is not it's, it's from the people who brought us Bumblebee yeah, I do know Michael Bay's production company is still tied to it Because they own the rights But yeah. it's from the group that brought us Bumblebee So we, there is some solace So with that Those are your next two weeks of 3FM Movie Clubs Until we speak again Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with those reviews and much more. Check out some older reviews. Make sure you check out that Patreon if you want some bonus reviews. Until all of that is said and done, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds. Later. I'll see you minnows in uncharted water. Harry Potter just sucks, people.